0: Chicken. Welcome to Best Picture This, where it is always Oscar season.
1: I'm Mike. And I'm Brian. In this show, we reevaluate every Best Picture nominee from the 21st century and decide whether to keep it or kick it from its Oscar pedestal.
0: So, what you're telling me, Brian, is it's our job to decide whether or not these movies are tacky and we hate them.
1: Whether these movies are the man or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In 2003, the nominees for Best Picture were Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, Lost in Translation, *Sea Biscuit*, Mystic River, and the year's winner, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. But today, we're looking at arguably a more important motion picture than all of those combined. Uh, totally, combined. It was nominated for zero Oscars, but it did win the coveted AARP Best Movie for Grownups Who Refuse to Grow Up Award. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about School of Rock, directed by Richard Linklater. Here's the trailer.
1: If he doesn't come up with the rent by the end of the week, he's out of here. Can you wake me up for that? Come on. Dewey Finn would have sold his soul for rock and roll, but nobody was
0: buying
1: it. You're an embarrassment. You're
0: out. Maybe it's time to give up those dreams. Don't you miss rocking out? You're
1: not a teacher, Ned. You're the cross-dressing incubus from maggot death.
0: Dewey, I'm not a satanic sex god anymore. I'm a sub, and soon I'll be a certified teacher. Is this Mr. Schneebly? I'm the principal here at Horace Green Prep, and we need somebody to start
1: immediately. Mm Hmm. So how much are we talking here? $6.50 a week. Hello, this is Ned Schneebly. Everyone, I'd like to introduce Miss Dunham's substitute. This is Mr. Schneebly. All right, look, I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't
0: that mean you're drunk?
1: No. It means I was drunk yesterday. Now, at the most prestigious prep school in the country... Yes, Tinkerbell. That poster charts everyone's performance. ...where the students are rewarded for following the rules. What kind of a sick school is this? He's going to teach them a lesson. There will be no gold stars or demerits that will rock their world. It's called Rock Band. Is this a school project? It will go on your permanent record. Hello, Harvard, yo. You, what's your name? Zach. You will play electric guitar? My dad won't let me. Zach, do not walk away from me when I'm talking to you. What makes you mad more than anything in the world? No allowance. Chores. Bullies. All you
0: bullies get out of my way Because I am really ticked off
1: Mr. <laughs> Schneebly, just wanted to say That was a really cool lesson today Oh, thanks, dude All they wanted was an education They're going to laugh at me You have an incredible singing voice People are going to dig you, I swear Okay What they got Clear Was a revolution I've just been informed that all of your children are missing and Jack Black, Ah! the school of rock. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. Would you pay money to see Tenacious D in concert? Oh, yeah, for (laughs) sure. No doubt about it. I would love to. Jack Black's rock band. So Jack Black was he he wasn't um you know this didn't win any oscars but he was nominated for best actor in the golden globes which is pretty remarkable to me it's it they have of course the drama versus comedy um categories but
0: oh wait so for best actor for for best there's best dramatic actor yeah and and there's best comedy
1: actor that's a cop out right it kind of is it best actor in a motion picture comedy or musical because i
0: kind of wanted to argue in this episode th- yeah. that, that he should be considered for best actor
1: period. That's kind of what I was thinking about. And here's the other thing New York Film Critics Circle Awards. I mean it doesn't get any more it's not prestigious sounding than that, it's right? It's not
0: the AARP,
1: but it's <laughs> it's decent. New York Film Critics Circle Awards, there were three actors nominated for Best Actor that year. Bill Murray, who won, Sean Penn, and Jack Black. <laughs>
0: It's a cross sampling. I mean, it sure
1: is. But it's interesting that at least some people who know a lot about movies and thought about all the ones that they saw still consider Jack Black in that category.
0: And I would argue that those people are the bravest and the (laughs) wisest among all film critics.
1: It did also get nominated, this movie got nominated for a Grammy for Best Compilation Soundtrack, which is the dumbest and easiest Grammy to possibly win. It is.
0: Didn't Zach Braff win the same thing?
1: Yeah, couldn't you just come up with a great playlist and win a Grammy? I mean, mean, best mixtape, okay, good. (laughs) But that's that's what it is, right? That's all it is. (laughs) Um, School of Rock also got 92% from critics mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. It got mm-hmm. four out of four stars from no other than Time Magazine, Richard Corliss. Love it. But it only got 64% from audiences. What do you make of that? 64 Mike? on Rotten Tomatoes, really? From, from users. Wow. I um, mean, that's still, you know, hmm. fresh. But, but, but barely. 90, 92 to 64, usually you would think it would be the opposite in a... Jack Black comedy wouldn't you it,
0: it's surprising to me I mean yeah. this seems like a crowd pleaser it's a family movie mm-hmm. it's not a movie that you know is going to alienate people from watching with their no. kids so no. I would think that that demographic that's checked yeah um, I don't know all I can think so is- what are
1: all the users so upset about
0: Maybe it wasn't metal enough, you know, like it's, <laughs> it it's rock and roll, roll, but it, it's enough. not hardcore and you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. That's, that's what the I've one heard. takeaway that I that, I got from this movie. That's what
1: I've heard. <laughs> Coming up in this episode of Best Picture This, we will give our Farley Awards for the most awesome moment of the movie. Uh, we'll give our golden takes because on Best Picture This, there are no hot takes. Mm-mm-mm. In, we'll also ask each other one question that is designed to tip the cello of ignorance on its side <laughs> so you can play the bass guitar of truth. We will imagine what might have been, we'll talk trivia and the big reveal if this were nominated. Or do you, would you kick any movies off to make room for this? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get there.
0: But first, our Farley Awards for the most awesome moment of the movie. And for me, It is the scene when the band starts coming together. Mm -hmm. So a little background, I think we got most of it from the trailer, but Mm -hmm. Jack Black is playing this rock musician who just got kicked out of his last band and he's faking to be a substitute teacher to make some money. He doesn't care about the job, doesn't care about the kids until he overhears (laughs) them in music class and he realizes that like...
1: That he can use them.
0: That he can use them because (laughs) they're all prodigies, right? So just after that, he's all amped up. He's brought a bunch of instruments into the classroom.
1: His own that he ran out to the van to get... (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love the van too. It's such a metal van. So
1: why is that? Why is the, the van so hardcore? Cause it's blasting exhaust. Does that make it more uh, no, metal? No, I think just
0: because it's like dumpy. <laughs> he's got the inside. Doesn't he have a curtain in there or something? Yeah. It looks like one of these vans that somebody might have lived in in like the 60s and somehow it's still going. He has okay. a lot
1: of bumper stickers inside the van. Yeah. Does yeah. that make it more hardcore? Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, I, I'm not a bumper sticker guy. I'm not going to But if you had any, on. you would put them inside your car. Yeah, I don't want to sully the bumper. It's more metal. You know, <laughs> so one by one. He's pulling these students up to the front of the class to kind of like test their skills. And he doesn't realize that that they're basically being auditioned, but that's what's happening. You know, first the guitar player, then the keyboards, the bass, the drums. And he's getting more and more excited with each one, like as as he's telling that they all can
1: shred. I think being excited is Jack Black's greatest talent.
0: Oh, I, I completely agree. So I brought a clip from this scene because I could try to imitate what's going on here, Brian. Mm-hmm. And I know that you'll disagree, but I don't think I'm quite as funny as Jack Black. <laughs> so I think it'd be better if, up there. if we just hear him do it.
1: Piano man, front and center. What's your name? Lawrence. Lawrence. You ever played keyboards? Any techno? No, I only play piano. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Try this out for me. Okay. Just give this a try on my count. All right. One, yeah. Yes. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on, now touch me, babe. Ba-da-ba-da. can't you see that I am not afraid? Shaka. Lawrence is good at piano. He shall be rocking in my shoe. Stop! it's perfect.
0: You're perfect. Stay right there. Okay. I can visualize the scene too, happening too. A- as I'm listening just because he's, he's so physical in his performance. It's so great. Mm-hmm. And this scene is just, there's such a sense of discovery in it and love, like not only for music, but also for talent. And what happens when you cram enough talent into one room and they're all working toward the same goal and... Oh, it's just such a good scene. I love it. I can this, watch it forever.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a... um. It, it actually, it made me think of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man when I watched this. Really? It did. Okay. Because there's this discovery of superpowers kind of yeah. vibe there where they're all discovering that, oh, I'm actually really good at being a rocker. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, it, it, it's just interesting. You kind of overlay this plot, and you can just put it on top of practically any movie. But mm-hmm. but this kind of genre, it kind of has those elements to it, and they it worked really well because you know what you're getting. You're they're about to discover these things, and yeah. But music is work. a superpower. You're it right. Is. And
0: Jack Black is the personification of that. Right? Can, He's like this ball of energy
1: and charisma and talent. You can take over the world with rock and roll. It's rock and roll, baby. So my Farley Award. Um, that is a great contender. And I actually thought about that as my favorite <laughs> moment, but I'm glad I had a different one. Um, it's when Jack Black is seemingly improvising the math song. <laughs> um, <laughs> throughout the movie, he's always in trouble. Mm-hmm. He's about to get found out, and he just kind of jokes his way out of it yep. all the time. And he's got this such lovable loserness to him. Um, So if you have the clip, Mark Gilliland from WNZF, thanks for producing. Three minus four is... Negative one. That's right. And six times a billion is... Six billion? Nailed it. And 54 is a 45 more than... What is the answer, Marta? Nine. No, it's... 8
0: No, it's 9 Yes, I was testing you It's 9 And that's a magic number
1: <laughs> oh, We could so just beautiful. listen to clips the rest of the <laughs> episode and I would be happy with that <laughs> I would be too So, the it's just like It just feels so much like he could be your friend in high school <laughs> who's just kind of like singing a random song and just saying, describing whatever's around him, but just making it funny. He's just like that star power of a, of a guy. So anyway, I, I love that scene and it, I guess I didn't really set it up, but he was about to be found out and he was supposed to describe his, his, his teaching methods. Um, and he said he played songs. The Schneebly method. <laughs> <Great> <laughs> I, also, last name, dude. I also love when he's writing Schneebly on the board, <laughs> and then he doesn't just know S. how to spell it. <laughs> just call me Mr. S. Golden takes. What's your golden take, Mike?
0: So if Jack Black is the front man of this movie, you know, playing lead guitar, owning the stage, then Joan Cusack is that unassuming bassist over at stage right, not trying to steal the spotlight, mm-hmm. just doing her thing, laying down those licks, you know, and. The bassist doesn't get a lot of credit, Brian, but if you take that bass line out of the song, it's got no weight to it. And I think that you can say the same thing for Cusack in this movie. You know, she plays like that quintessential, like,
1: you know, cool mom. Kind
0: of, yeah, yeah. Like, she's very uptight. She's the authority figure, but she's not like that mean, evil version of like the 80s teen movie principal character who's mm-hmm. like... Kind of out to get the
1: students. Yeah, that's true. That is kind of like a, the basically the same character transplanted into this movie. But. Yeah, but but Linklater
0: wants us to like Cusack, and I think that's because she's uptight and and not mean. I think, and the, just the way that she plays it. I, I think about that scene in the diner. Where Jack Black orders her a beer and then goes over to the jukebox.
1: And like the way that she picks up the beer as if like she, she's doing something bad. And she's like, it looks like she's trying to pretend like it's still coffee because she, she wanted to order coffee. And like, they don't order coffee at all here.
0: Yeah. Almost like she doesn't you know said, how to hold the mug right. Yeah. Like, how do I bring this to my lips? But then he puts on Stevie Nicks, Edge of mm-hmm. 17, and she can't she can't contain herself. You know, like music has that universal power. She's not immune to it. And I just think that her performance here makes her kind of unlikable and likable at the same time, which is exactly what this character calls for. And it makes the story a lot more than just a simple youth and revolt story. It's not really a youth and revolt story. Mm -hmm. It's it's more about, it's a celebration of music, right? And about the universal power of music, not about kids learning to stick it to the man, even though that's like... You know, that's the line that we repeat (laughs) over and over and over again. I don't think the movie is actually about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that she's kind of the crux of that idea.
1: Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Joan Cusack, sister of John Cusack. Yes. Uh, My golden take is that Jack Black's genius is that he is simultaneously joking and deadly serious <laughs> throughout the movie. And that's kind of what the heart of good comedy, I think, is. I could say It's it. good-hearted comedy because he's like so over the top, but you know he believes everything he's saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so endearing. I mean, he's giving these kids this advice, um, and some of it is not true. Like, you know, one great rock show can change the world. But is it sort of true? I mean, it could it could change someone's mentality, like free them. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's trying to say by saying that. Mm-hmm. And so you you're, you you want to believe it. And he's so like, he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. Um, even though he kind of he is kind of using the kids somewhat, but he's also helping them have tons of fun. And then with Joan Cusack, he's kind of starting to use her. But when 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 they're t- so he can so she can go on, he can take the kids on the field trip. But when they're in the car and she has her kind of like moment where she's like really opening up to him and being honest about, you know, her own struggles, you know that it's his, his concern and genuine, there is some genuine care about her that opens it up. And I think that allows just like, you throw any inhibitions out the window watching this movie and you just kind of like go along for the ride with Jack Black. Um, Mike White, who is the real Schneebly Mm -hmm. in the movie, he's also the writer. Um, he tells Jack Black that he should get a real job and serve society. And Jack Black's response is early in the movie, dude, I serve society by rocking, okay? I'm out there on the front lines liberating people with my music. And he totally believes it. But, yeah. but I think that he really wants to like help people by being a rocker. Um, I also love this line when he's he's having this heart to heart with Tamika, one of the the mm, girls. Yeah, you know the that's girls. Really good scene. And She says like I'm fat, no one's gonna like me, and he, and she <laughs> he says, when I get up on the stage and start doing my thing, people worship me <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sexy and chubby, man. And he's trying to build her up like that's his motivation. Yeah. And you know that he's delusional that no one, no one worships him, but at the same time. He, right. he believes, yeah, it's true. Like the rockers, people do worship him because of that music. And they're so into the scene of rock music. And His
0: entire career is hinged on the fact that if you are charismatic and confident, yeah. then people will like you, that it's yeah. not about what you look like. And, you know, he plays off of his looks a lot also yeah. for comedic effect. But mm-hmm. I think that at the core of it is the fact that the talent is there. That's what people can see.
1: Right. And if you just, again, lose the inhibitions and just go for it and be yourself, then People admire that and like that and gravitate to it. So he's joking, but he's also totally serious at the same time. And it's like, it's almost like if you believe in it enough, you can force your fantasies to come true just by, you know, Hmm. plowing through. I guess writing
0: that line sort of reminds me of Cusack's character too, how we're supposed to dislike her and like her the same as like, Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to take anything that Jack So why do you like her at the beginning? Because I also kind
1: of like her... Even like you don't immediately hate her, like you know she's kind of a caricature, yeah, and all that. But there's something about the way I think she it's because she's neurotic, because yeah.
0: because she's not out to she's to not get mean. him. It's not being mean. She's like a victim of the system of the man, which is adulthood, <laughs> right? Of, she is the man of like pressure to succeed, to be responsible, to yeah. to appear that you know everything, and so like. When we see that Stevie Nicks scene, it's not like, oh, music is awakening this or, or lighting this spark in her. The spark was always yeah, there. That's it's who she barely really is. Under, you know, years yeah. and um responsibilities. Exactly. The the villain, I guess, is Sarah Silverman, which is the worst character in the movie. Yeah,
1: she's definitely the most like a caricature where y- Yeah, she's she like change. the girlfriend
0: who's just like yeah. bragging on Mike White all the time and yeah. just whining. And she's <laughs> the one that you're supposed to dislike and has really no redeeming qualities, which Mm. is a shame because Sarah Silverman is great. I love Sarah Silverman.
1: All right. Question. Um, I have a few questions. Um, We haven't really spent any of them yet, but um, a quick thing on Mike White. So he wrote, he also wrote the Emoji Movie and (laughs) and also Nacho Libre, another star vehicle for Jack Black.
0: Yes. If we're going to bring up Nacho Libre before you (laughs) go on... (laughs) I brought another clip. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Nacho Libre? I love Nacho okay, Libre. Okay, yeah, I liked so, it too. So Mike White is is talented. He also wrote, um, he created Enlightened, which... Uh, I haven't seen that. Wow, That's a TV her? show? Yeah, on HBO. What's her name? I uh, It's escaping me right now. He's She's in a bunch of David Lynch movies. But Nacho Libre, it's like a Napoleon Dynamite style yeah. comedy where... Um, Jack Black pl- plays this, this Mexican monk with really curly hair who dreams of being a wrestler, even though the church outlaws <laughs> it. And I wanted to find a way to sneak in this clip into the episode, because I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to talk about Nacho Libre on the oh, show. Oh, well,
1: it's, it's still coming up in future years. I mean, we could <laughs> watch it. It's true. We might not do a bonus episode, Let's just though. hear this
0: clip, because it's my favorite scene from the movie.
1: Okay, orphans, listen to me. Listen to Ignacio. I know it is fun to wrestle nice pile drive to the face Mm -hmm. or a punch to the face. But you cannot do it because it is in the Bible not to wrestle your neighbor. (laughs) So you've never wrestled? Me? No. Come on. Don't be crazy. Listen, I know the wrestlers get all the fancy ladies and the clothes and the free creams and lotions. But my life is good. Really good. I get to wake up every morning at 5 a.m. and make some soup. It's the best. I love it. I get to lay in a bed by myself all of my life.
0: It's fantastic. I say my life is good. Really good? Like probably once a week. And also Laura Dern, that's her name from Enlightened, just so we mm. don't move past that. But sorry, I completely steamrolled your thing that's because right. you said Nacho Libre. I got very excited well, and I had to, I I, had to break I had, in
1: there. I was looking up Mike White to see what else he had done. And I didn't know that he also wrote Nacho Libre. But I was wondering how you think about the acting because he you know—he acts in this movie, of course. He tries. Yeah. yeah it's okay. <laughs> but I wondered what you would think about having this role in 2009 he was uh, on imdb it says that in Zombieland, he was victim in bathroom uncredited
0: Mm. (laughs) i've seen zombie land i can't remember his uncredited character there (laughs) the
1: victim in bathroom doesn't stand out Um, i just wondered what you would think about you know that as a stepping stone in your acting career you know
0: was that before he had written no this was
1: this was long after
0: yeah, this I would like do it. It's like
1: middle end of your career.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he probably knew people that were working on that movie. He probably. was around one day and they're like, hey, there's some, on, some let makeup me on. Be,
1: let me be a victim in the bathroom. Come yeah, on. I like All it. Right? Only uncredited. Should Jack Black be cast in a serious movie a la Adam Sandler Punch Drunk Love? He has been. Could he do and it? And
0: Richard Linklater directed it. Bernie? Was that a serious movie? It's, a, it's sort I of seen a it. dark yeah. comedy, you know, yeah. and that's a very broad term where... Yeah. It's kind of a drama but it's very it's a sort of uh over the top drama but mm-hmm. like they don't play it as if it's over the top Did so. that
1: get good reviews? I seem I don't know but it's great. Is it good? I, I think okay. it's I think it's great. I'll have to watch it.
0: Um but he's yeah he shows some dramatic chops there. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he can do it. I mean he could do anything. He could. And if Adam Sandler can do it in Punch-Drunk Love, I, if I Jim Carrey can do it in That's my question though, is
1: as Jack Black can he do the serious thing? Because he can do the wild, crazy thing better than pretty much anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I
0: think with the right director, for sure.
1: I couldn't, I couldn't really decide. Watch Bernie. For some reason, Adam Sandler f- seems like he's he gets so good at those serious moments. I'm having a hard time picturing it. I'll, I'll watch Bernie. We'll check that out another Maybe we'll comment on it in future Facebook posts. Yeah,
0: or we'll do a bonus episode on that maybe, when it comes up. Maybe, maybe. I got a couple questions too. One okay. one real quick. Is this a musical?
1: Um, only because this allows me to, if someone said we're going to watch a musical, then I could include this one as a possibility to watch. Yeah. Then I would say yes.
0: I'm going to say yes too. I, I think <laughs> that the criterion is, is the movie structured around music, around songs?
1: And do the characters... Well, the thing is, if they sing them only as performances, then I kind of think probably it's cheating to call it a musical. Have you seen Once... But I'm willing to cheat. Once, no.
0: A very small sort of... I think it's Irish movie, but Mm -hmm. Glenn Hansard um, from The Swell Season. He's kind of the main character of that movie and Mm -hmm. performs songs in a similar way to this, but the movie is like about the building of those songs, you know, crafting the structure. I consider that a musical for sure.
1: Inside Llewellyn Davis? Uh, Hmm. (laughs) I would say no to that one. Yeah, I
0: don't think so. I think that one- Which we
1: should do a bonus on that one.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm down for that. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a good one.
1: Okay, what's your second question?
0: Okay. So this one's going to be this a little a serious. This question. is the serious one. because okay. The first one was a throwaway. <laughs> I shouldn't have <laughs> even brought it up. So we've talked a lot and you brought this up at the beginning of the episode about how comedy is getting no respect mm-hmm. from the Oscars. Mm-hmm. It's well documented. <laughs> but listen to some of these blurbs from critics. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chris Hewitt, Empire Magazine. A raucous crowd pleaser with a pumping soundtrack, some awe-inspiringly talented kids, and perfect comic performances. Perfect, Brian. Moira McDonald, Seattle Times. You'll think about it weeks after seeing it with a dopey grin on your face. Andrew O'Hare, Salon. A clever and sometimes beautiful thing. Mark Savlov, Austin Chronicle. Pure fun. And my favorite, David Edelstein, Slate. School of Rock is uncut bliss. So my question. We have no problem admitting that we love a comedy. (laughs) Laughing at a comedy, Mm. enjoying. The problem, I think, as far as awards go, seems to be in assuming that assigning value to that experience, assigning value to the experience of fun, elevating fun to great. David Edelstein called the movie Uncut Bliss and it didn't even
1: make his top 10. Yeah, that is interesting. Didn't even make his top 10. Do you think
0: that is because on some level we feel that prioritizing fun makes us stupid?
1: Um, I think fun feels like a superficial pursuit. Why are we in life. ashamed of fun? If that's the only thing we ever do, then we would never build a house, for example. And we'd never have nowhere to live because we're all just having too much fun frolicking in woods. I don't the woods. think
0: anywhere in my question, I said, should we not work? Should we not plow the fields and grow food and just have fun? I don't know. I read,
1: I read between the lines on that, Mike.
0: I'm saying that critics and I think people as a whole, that we're ashamed yeah. to admit that when we have fun, that when we laugh, that that is an important thing.
1: Okay. So how about this? Mm-hmm. Could you say that the best movie of the year was a Jim Gaffigan special? Because it made you laugh for two hours. And it was even funnier than anything you could see in the movie theater because he does jokes like every other sentence is a punchline. Okay, so... Is that... It's a different craft. I mean, you're you're talking about
0: somebody just standing up and telling jokes rather than tricking me into following a story and being consistently funny throughout it. So have
1: you ever seen a comedy that feels like it's sort of like an excuse to put a Comedy, a, a stand up comic on the screen and sort of let them do their thing for a couple hours. But is it really hold together as a great movie? I don't know. But it, was it funny? Yeah. Maybe that's partly where we're going. Like, that's why we get a lot of criticisms for like, this plot was horrible. And we said in our Dr- Drowning Mona bonus episode that we don't care. It was still fun. Yeah. There was some um, Anton Battelle of Movie Gazette in 2004 said this movie is an embarrassment an embarrassing mess of poor jokes and mixed messages now the poor jokes that's just his problem yeah but the mixed messages the sort of like does it hold together philosophically um if you feel like that's sort of part of the requirements of a great movie that it is saying something you know maybe that's what a lot of people feel i don't know i also think that time can change our attitudes about it you think about Star Wars, right? Yes, it was nominated, but how seriously, I mean, I put it in my top five, (laughs) but you do see it on a lot of like top movies of all time kind Mm -hmm. of lists. Yeah, But is it really like, isn't that more for fun? Is it mostly a popcorn movie? I mean, I would say that there's more to it than that in some ways, but you kind of have to give it a little benefit of the doubt to Make it feel all that serious compared to some of the other, you know, great movies yeah. that we've seen. But I don't know. Maybe those are some factors.
0: The more that we do this show and have this conversation, because it is recurring. Yes. The more I am becoming entrenched in the idea that the <laughs> emotional experience that we have in a movie matters. Yeah. That w- emotional experiences are, are they're the things that we bond over. You know, they're, those are the things that we really remember. I have a thousand memories about this movie and i bonded with my friends over it you know Mm -hmm. when it came out so that was 2003 so i don't know that's a long time ago but when i was younger i guess that was high school maybe we quoted this movie and made memories around this movie and so i think about like all art is subjective all we have is our honest experience with it so if we say that like we're going to try to separate ourselves from the context context in which we had that experience then we're being dishonest to the experience and to ourselves. And ultimately we're just trying to sound smart that we liked master and commander better than this because master and commander is more overtly an achievement and a piece of art. But like am on my deathbed, Brian, am I going to be thinking I'm glad that I saw master and commander or I'm glad that I saw school of rock. The answer
1: is obvious. I think master and commander is a superior movie to this. But
0: the answer is obvious. <laughs>
1: if I look back and I'm saying what added
0: more value to my life, Mm-hmm. The experience that I had around this with my friends or appreciating the cinematography and the performances in Master and
1: Commander, there's no comparison. There, There is, okay, here's another analogy to it. Let's say that you are picking um, artwork Mm -hmm. and you found something from your daughter that was like, I mean, let's be honest, it was crappily done. Yeah. Finger painting. And mm-hmm. it's on the wall next to Van Gogh. Yeah. And you're like, I love the picture by my daughter more than the Van Gogh. Can you not separate that from saying, therefore, it is better art? I mean, you can say that's my favorite of the two paintings because mm-hmm. it's my daughter's, but can we not agree that Van Gogh created the better? But painting? again,
0: you're it's it's stand up compared to movies because it's two different. Modes, you know, one is an eight year old with no craft, right? Just putting raw emotion on the page. But you one said isn't raw, raw dis- emotion
1: wasn't enough. Raw the emo- emotional, you're entrenched. I am entrenched in the raw emotion I, of the experience. I am
0: entrenched, but in that case, we have somebody who is trying to do something, who's trying to make something specific, and somebody who just put color on a page
1: (laughs) how dare you criticize your daughter's fictional painting
0: it's true and (laughs) i guess what i'm trying to say is i completely understand Mm. i could say this is my favorite but i think this is better but at the end of the day i'm feeling more and more like that it's just a cop-out for us to say yeah i loved this one that's the one i have a real connection to but let's put it over there because it's not hot brow enough master and commander
1: that's the more serious film. That's <laughs> now, a motion You did picture. not kick Master and Commander. I, hope, I really like Master Commander. I hope Master you're not talking yourself out of keeping. I'm Master not. And I really
0: I really like Master and Commander, but I do think that it's a good comp with this because it yeah. can't be any different, any more different in tone or anything else. Let me just read you on David Edelstein's top ten, some of the other movies that beat out School of Rock. Okay. Bus 174, The Triplets of Belleville, The Sun, The Company. A dancer upstairs have you heard of any of those five
1: i have not but that doesn't mean that they're not it, good no it does not mean have that you heard of any
0: i have not heard okay. i haven't seen any of them and it doesn't mean that it's not yeah, great right. but i'm willing to bet that they all felt more important at the time yeah, than I school agree. of rock did and i wonder now if we talk to david edelstein i wonder which one he remembers more. on
1: your deathbed
0: david. on your deathbed david which one gave you more joy which one do you remember more clearly? I bet you it's School of Rock.
1: It could be. It could be. Um, yes, yeah, so this is definitely an evolving conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that certain emotions can be like I can have a superficial laugh, fun experience, popcorn experience that doesn't hit me on a gut level. <laughs> I want to hit you on a gut level. <laughs> but I wouldn't give for a sock full of manure. I guess um,
0: I guess what I, if I'm going to wrap it up, I'll yeah. say, <clears throat> I guess my point is, I think that the word best confuses this whole conversation yeah. and it's maybe pointless. I think that we should just be using favorites. We and critics mm-hmm. and the Academy should so just if, be using favorites.
1: So if all kinds of critics watched School of Rock and they all loved it and the Academy, everyone loved it then they should just nominate it for best picture and not try to uh, say, well, this one, we're only going to consider the Oscar type. Movies. This is what I'm saying with the I New York can,
0: Film Critics Circle. They were the bravest of yes, the bunch because they, they were true to their experience.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I won that one, right? Uh, no, I think, I think maybe a tie. Maybe <laughs> okay. a tie. Um, <laughs> so what might have been? Tell me yes or no. I have three script type of... Uh, Yes or no's on this one. So originally in the script, Dewey Finn, played by Jack Black, was when he he was, uh, when when the teacher is missing, right? So that's why they need a substitute. In the original script, Dewey Finn ran over her in his car. And that's why she was not able to teach. (laughs)
0: No, (laughs) it it throws in that complication that I was like complimenting the movie for not having earlier in the conversation because then all of a sudden we have to, we have to dislike Jack Black on some level instead of only disliking him because he's kind of mooching off of his friend.
1: The simplicity and the innocence of Jack Black is what kind of makes you just love him from day one, from beginning to end. Yeah. Okay. Another one that the script originally called for Jack Black and Joan Cusack falling in love Mm. after the bar. Instead, Joan Cusack gets picked up on by that one guitarist. Yeah, the guy with the, like, sleeves but no shirt. (laughs) (laughs) So do you see Jack Black falling in love with Joan Cusack? Uh,
0: No, I think it's there. I mean, that that diner scene, the scene in the car. They definitely
1: like each other. You can tell they have a friendship.
0: And I think that's all you need.
1: I, I think so, too. Okay, the third one is Jack Black on the DVD commentary, apparently, I did not listen to it, but it was an IMDb trivia, said that um, he often competes for the same roles with Philip Seymour Hoffman and he jokingly calls Philip Seymour Hoffman my nemesis. Hmm. So imagine Philip Seymour Hoffman as <laughs> Dewey Finn.
0: Well, I actually was trying to imagine Jack Black <laughs> as the Mattress Man in Punch-Drunk Love.
1: How about Jack Black as... Uh, the priest in doubt. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Black Streep. Doubt. <laughs> um, could you imagine Philip Seymour Hoffman as Kung Fu Panda? Have you? You haven't seen Kung Fu I, I Panda. I still haven't had. seen Kung Fu Panda. You got to see it when it comes up in our in our series. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely worth watching. Okay, trivia. <clears throat> A few bits of trivia. Um, the idea for this movie came when. Mike White moved into an apartment next to Jack Black and he would find Jack Black running naked through the halls or blasting much of the same music featured in this movie at full volume. (laughs) Does that surprise you?
0: No, he doesn't seem like a great neighbor, (laughs) but are you familiar at all with Tenacious D or did you just just know who they are? I know
1: who they are. I have never listened to the music or anything.
0: Okay. Well, if, if you are more familiar with their stuff, that wouldn't come as so much as a surprise because the character is not the same. And Tenacious D as he's playing here. But here he is playing like a family version of that character. Yeah, where he plays this kind of like over-the-top rock fanatic Mm -hmm. who truly kind of does believe all of the hype, you know, <laughs> even though he's like overweight and all that kind of stuff, he mm-hmm. believes that he, that him and you're
1: talking about a movie or just the band itself. Well, the band, and then they had because there is a movie, show. right? Like the pick of eternity, the pick of, pick of destiny. Yeah, they had a yeah. show
0: first on HBO, okay, a while back, and it was sort of low budget, and it was about <laughs> him and his partner, you know, kind of trying to go from nothing to like the greatest rock band in the world, mm-hmm. and then the pick of destiny was was later. They're both fine achievements, Brian. Oh yeah valuable, important actually, works of
1: art. <laughs> I actually watched um, as much as I could stomach because there wasn't an edited version of this, but the scene from High Fidelity. Mm, yeah. From, is that 2000? I'm not sure, but that's like it's his John coming Cusack. out party. So, but to me, this movie is basically Jack Black and High Fidelity turned into, now you're the star and you get a whole movie about you. Because huh. it's kind of like, a, you know he's this kind of like way over the top you know, guy in the record store. Yeah. Um,
0: But what's great about that movie is you kind of write him off the whole time. Like he's that, you know, music nerd who who talks a big game, but then he gets on stage at the end. and You're like, oh, this guy actually actually can sing. He can sing. He's He's very talented, Jack Black.
1: But I guess the reason I brought that point of trivia up was that it feels like this movie is you could believe if you said that it was basically totally improvised you could believe it because Jack Black just carries that pulls all this stuff off so well which to another trivia point because the actually the, the opposite is true Richard Linklater is famously does not allow improvisation which is strange because before yeah. sunrise feels very improvisational as well and but he said that he doesn't do that and so even those are very highly rehearsed according to Richard Linklater
0: But they're all Sort of co-written by Ethan Hawke and Are Joey Child okay. with him, so mm-hmm. I think that they kind of like they work might have it out. It.
1: it feels it feels a little bit like that's what a director would like to think, like mm-hmm. to make, you know, like to believe. But you know, I don't know. I I like to I, I to me it seems like the best possible scenario is that there is collaborative evolve you know evolution throughout the movie yeah, yeah. movie process. But Richard Linklater also I, it makes me wonder. If some critics were maybe more, they open, they're allowed their mind to be open a little bit more to this movie, their their mind and their brain, <laughs> um, to be open to this movie more because of Richard Linklater. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I can see um, it. The movie was made into a musical. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm-hmm. It started in 2015. Miranda Cosgrave, who plays Summer in the movie, actually can sing. She was the one who couldn't, you know, Jack Black's character didn't allow her as one of the uh, backup yeah, yeah. singers. But she can really sing. So she had to actually have a 45-minute lesson to how to sing badly so that it she pulled it off better in the movie. Hmm. You don't buy that? Buy that? you don't buy that? I
0: don't I don't know. I feel
1: like it's a little
0: bit of a kid being <laughs> like, I just can't sing badly. It's impossible. I need more attention. Teach they had- me how to do it badly. <laughs> I'm too good.
1: You, you're, you're terrible. Terrible. I don't know. You don't get you don't believe your you don't believe kids?
0: Usually no. <laughs> Let's let me tell you something, Brian. I found a chewed up piece of bubblegum in my refrigerator yesterday.
1: That wasn't your daughter.
0: <laughs> she says it wasn't. That was you.
1: No. In your sleep. I don't think so. I am potty training my three-year-old today as we speak. I mean, my wife is right now, but he's lying all the time about whether he peed or not. Yeah. And sometimes there's evidence to to uh, yeah, they're not, show. They lie a lot, but they're not good at it. <laughs> uh, during the movie, Jack Black's hair... He has a, well, first of all, his hair could be like its own character in this movie. It sometimes just goes crazy, and then other times it's parted in like a really nerdy way. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, I didn't notice this until afterward, but the part switches. So on one side he's Ned and one side he's Dewey Finn. Ah, Interesting. Okay, see that—that's like that's
0: deep film stuff. It is. They made that decision. (laughs) It's it's subliminal, almost subconscious, but it's Jack Black
1: was putting his foot down on this. (laughs) I must, I have to use my hair part to develop this character better. Um, One of Tenacious D's songs from their album *The Pick of Destiny*, titled *The Metal*, was used in *Guitar Hero 3* Mm -hmm. video game. That's kind of cool. Also, last but not least, Jack Black attended UCLA. But dropped out during a sophomore year. I mean, that's almost as good as dropping out of high school. Hmm. Way to go, Jack Black. We I, love it when they drop out.
0: I guess that's the year to do it, right? After sophomore year? Yeah, because if, you, if you're... if <laughs> you Oh, wait, after sophomore
1: year? Uh, let's so see. he
0: was fully or in sophomore during year. Okay, during's in better. Because you get sophomore year done, you got two more he years. You might He's as knock well it
1: finish, out. yeah. But one and a half years, it's time to call it quits. Yeah, yeah. All right, keep it or kick it, Mike. The Best Picture nominees of 2003 were Seabiscuit, Lord of the Rings, 2 I mean, not Two Towers, Return of the King, mm-hmm. Mystic River, Lost in Translation, Master and Commander. If Do you think any of those really should be kicked for School of Rock?
0: I have not ever seen Seabiscuit, and we haven't done it yet on this show. Right. But like Ray, I am assuming that I... <laughs> I, that I, I kind of can guess my reaction to that movie, and no. I'm sure it's gonna be fine, but I'm sure I'm not gonna get excited by it, so I will probably not be keeping that one. But I'm again, I have not either, I haven't seen it, so that's not I'm fair. I'm not a
1: huge Tobey Maguire fan, I don't love a lot of sports movies, um, so I'm kind of going into it with very low expectations with Seabiscuit, and I would probably keep. School of Rock over Sea mm-hmm. Um, But again, that's totally unfair. Totally it's, unfair. It's completely unfair. I mean, how could you even think of I mean the, one movie you haven't seen yet? The other ones, I've seen Mystic okay. River. I how loved about, it. How about Lost in Translation? Um, Which movie is superior, Mike? I, I, it's been School a while since Rock I've or watched. School of Rock or Lost in that's Translation? That's another one
0: we're going to do on the show, I think, next <laughs> week. I haven't gotten around to rewatching it yet, and it's probably mm-hmm. been like 10 years, so I'm a little bit hesitant yep. because I do remember really liking that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. But... uh I will say that this one stands a very good chance of being in in my five. Really? Because if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be talking the talk,
1: you got to put it in your five. I, I got to walk the walk. So I would like to see what movies get kicked from your five for School of Rock. I'm not saying you might be convincing me, and I did love watching this. In mm-hmm. fact, I told my son because he didn't he watched a Stanley Cup Finals instead of watching that this choice. with me yesterday. Yeah, that was dumb. But, um. I said, you got to watch it because it was really good. He's like, well, would you watch it again? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't even know how many times i How seen many this.
1: movies would you immediately watch again, like the next night? Yeah. I would watch this again tonight. Yeah. It was so fun. It is mint condition. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So in the next episode... Actually, we didn't clarify this. I guess Are we it's going doing to be lost in, in translation? translation. Yeah, we were
0: gonna do it today. <laughs> yeah, to, to to my internet, internet problem. The curtain. Yeah, the, my internet. Let Bill me. Bill Murray,
1: Scarlett Johansson, and her. I mean, she's already was making some waves. But I, I feel like this is kind of like her coming out party.
0: Yeah, I guess she was like the co-leading Ghost World. Yeah, she um, was. That was sort of her which wasn't role. like a
1: big. I mean, huge success, but it was girl with
0: the pearl ear- earring.
1: That's next year, two thousand four. Ah, okay. That that was probably like where she's like really the top billing. This one, Bill Murray's top billing. Yeah, yeah. But sure. she's kind of making her way into that category. Okay. Um, Sophia Coppola, <clears throat> that's her first movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be curious. Well, no. Uh,
0: oh yeah, Virgin, Virgin Suicides. Suicides. I have yeah.
1: not seen that. I still need to see that.
0: So, so we want to hear from you. Let us know what you think about this fun versus important Mm -hmm. debate. Can a comedy really be one of the five, quote, best, most important Mm -hmm. movies of the year? Mm -hmm. Let us know, and we'll read your answers on the show. You can find us at bestpicturethis.com, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or by telling your smart speaker to play Best Picture This. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, at Best Picture This. And for 15 years of golden takes, head over to Letterboxd, where you'll find me, Mike Cavalieri.
1: We should have a party when you hit your... Two thousandth movie on Letterboxed. It's coming up quick. Is it coming? Do you have a favorite movie from the past that doesn't get the attention it deserves? Well, if you become a patron of this show by visiting Patreon.com/slash Best Picture This, you can help choose a movie for one of our bonus episodes. We have done The Fly, chosen by Chris; Garden State, chosen by Matt; Bridge on the River Kwai, chosen by Joey; Drowning Mona, chosen by Spencer, and coming up Pleasantville, chosen by Maddie. Mm good stuff
0: uh thanks to wnzf i forgot where we were there for a second <laughs> thanks to wnzf and mark Leland for producing and please remember to rate review and subscribe to the show on apple podcasts each new five-star review uh really helps us reach new li- new listeners
1: signing off those about to listen to the next episode of best picture this we salute you yeah